Nate, where are all the customers? Dude, have you not seen? We've got customers like lined up. They are down the hallway, turn the next hall, and then kind of down the next hall too. We got a ton of people coming today. Yeah, I saw like six miles of line, but I don't see anyone inside the casino. Oh, well, that's that 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 could be a hiring hiring problem. Who did you hire? Reed Pop? Oh, Nate. Enjoy your stay, stay Carl. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to our celebration episode of Cloud City Casino. That would be our celebration Orlando episode, to be exact. Uh, If you don't know, this is your destination for Star Wars in gaming. And I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast here among the clouds. I am your administrator, Michael Morris. And with me is Nathan Butler. Hey, everybody. Yes, it's... It's in gaming, not and gaming. I'm still kind of getting used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I know it's been over a year now, but well, I probably should have read it, you know, <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm assuming, hopefully, maybe we have some new people um, listening. You know, post celebration. I mean, not everybody could have been in that panel just for the. Uh, the, the collectibles, right? Like somebody had to actually come because they wanted to hear what I had to say. Everybody wanted the teeny tiny nine numb. Uh, though, may I say, I think that panel went really well. Your collecting exclusives panel. Uh, you, <laughs> and, and I said this on the, uh, when I did my vlog response to Celebration on the YouTube channel and all, that it's interesting to see that you kind of take the panel approach the same way you take to podcasts and the same way you take to just casual conversation, which is just kind of the screw it, man. I'm just talking kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that you kind of you're you're very laid back about it and able to still have fun with it and joke around. Whereas it seemed like you were kind of sometimes having to be the one to bring the humor um, because it was a very you know in a very limited amount of time a lot to try to cover and and you were still bringing the humor which is commendable so for those who didn't get a chance to see it the the, uh i think that his panel went quite well at celebration yeah that's the thing i I don't have a whole lot to work with so i'm like i can be funny and they're like all right i guess you can be the funny one yeah, as long as long as you know the crowd responds to it, you're good. It's whenever you're trying to be funny and you get like crickets, dead silence, then you need to change it up a little bit. Then you need to just start being offensive or something. Wait, what? <laughs> what? We never do that. Surely not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was a. Uh, I mean, I kind of interesting to be doing a post celebration episode where I actually was there. Um, we both were there, which was interesting. I, I just recorded an episode with Mark for Star Wars Beyond the Films talking about some of the book news and things like that that came out of it. And the interesting thing in that case was that he had gone to Anaheim, but wasn't at Orlando. And then it was the other way around this time. So I'm very curious as we go through this episode to, to get kind of some insights into what your experience was and how yours differed from mine because I know you were doing a lot of different things. Like on the day that we were on the show floor doing a lot of stuff, you were doing panels and running around like crazy. And then 
as we were kind of winding things down on a given day, I know that you were talking about uh, you know autograph lines and things like that. So I got a feeling that even though we were both in the exact same place, theoretically, we probably had quite different experiences with Celebration Orlando this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I think I saw you maybe twice <laughs> the entire time we were down there. Yep. Yeah, and, and one of those times was was uh, we were, were in the line, folks, the, the initial line to get in the door, the two and a half hours standing around outside, whatever, they let the people in the back of the line in before the people in the front fiasco. Um, and we get that tweet from Del Rey that says, yeah, we kind of underestimated the demand for this exclusive Thrawn book. So if you're going to get it, get it soon. And it was there was a panicked tweet or a panicked uh, Facebook message, I guess it was, or text or whatever it was, uh, to Michael saying, can you please go ahead and grab one because you're inside? And he was able to grab one while there were still the little Thrawn pins. Um, I guess the first time we saw you and the first time we had a chance to very briefly meet your wife was uh, – we're sitting around eating our overpriced Nathan's hot dogs, and you're like, "Zip down! Here's a book later, dude." <laughs> yeah, and it was just this, this crazy. It's if you if you've seen Michael's hair, it's like the Roadrunner puff of smoke, except it's just a whirl of hair, and then he's <laughs> just like right. gone. Yeah, he's gone. Um, but yeah, for uh, for even staying in the same quote unquote resort, um, we still didn't see each other all that much when we were actually there. It's Kind of I know. the perils of, of having different schedules. Well, yeah, there's that. And, of course, they put us both on two different sides of the property. I was like, of course, of course they did. Uh, True. But, uh, yeah, and you know, you, you lucked out big time because I just happened to be in line when you were texting me about that Thrawn book. And, and Christine was with me, so I'm like, hey, guess what? You're getting this book for Nate. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why, because your answer was something like, I happen to be very well placed to be able to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, then I guess he must be standing near it. Uh, uh, but yeah, and we were able to get other copies. I had people to pick the pick up copies for who weren't able to make it to celebration. Um, but even then, I mean, that was only about a difference of maybe an hour worth of time. And by then, the pins were gone, and they were going so fast that they had them like behind the the they, were, they had them behind the cash register so that you could make sure you know, if you wanted them, you could ask. But it's kind of like not having them just sitting out, so you would figure it's to try to make sure that they're just not being picked up willy nilly. Right. But then if you when you checked out, they asked everyone, "Were you wanting one of these too?" It's like, what's the point of sticking them behind the counter if you're gonna ask? Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those pins. Uh, I I don't know if you've heard, but they go for around a hundred dollars or more on eBay now, which is insane. Yeah. It's a freaking pin. Well, the the funny thing is. Dude, there, there's people, the, the pin traders go crazy for that stuff. And there was one guy who was telling me that was the only pin he didn't have. And he said he could have got it, but he didn't want the book. And I told him, I said, dude, I said, the book is all, you know, it's also going for crazy money. And you mm -hmm. would have got the pin for free. So you would have got the pin for free and then made money if you sold it on eBay. And he's like, I know, I messed yep. up. <laughs> and, and that was one of the things that we found was like, I, if, if Delray was underestimating the demand for the exclusive copy of Thrawn, I personally certainly underestimated the demand for the pins and sort of this chase to catch them all, this Pokemon-esque pin chase. Because, yeah, we heard of a lot of people who were just buying the books to get the pins who didn't give a crap about the books, which may explain why now you can find copies 
of the signed books from scalpers sitting on eBay for about four hundred plus dollars right now. Are you freaking um, it was serious? Just, yeah, I, I well, I looked on uh, the day we got back, the day after celebration. I took a look, and there were a few of them up there, and the signed ones with no pin. Um, we're right there sitting at asking prices of 400 Doesn't mean they necessarily got it. Right, right. But that's what the asking prices were sitting there on eBay. And I'm just kind of, and, and there were a few of them that were like that, all kind of hovering around that same price tag. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I never would have thought pins are such a big thing. I, I mean, unless you're wearing a flag pin and you walk into a press briefing with it upside down or something and that becomes a thing, <laughs> I didn't realize pins were a big part of the culture at the moment. But oh, yeah. Apparently they are. Yeah, especially for celebration. That's um, that's a thing they've been doing since Anaheim. And uh, people get people get kind of rabid with it. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I mean, I actually I got a few of the, the good ones. Like I got the Ahsoka pin. I got the Thrawn pin. Um I think that's mainly the the, the sought after ones that I got. Um, I'm, I may be wrong. I think somebody said the BB-8 pen people were wanting, but I ended up with three of those, which is pretty funny. Um, but I also managed to get the pen that I really wanted, which should come to no surprise for anyone. It was the the Lando pen. So now, where did they wind up? Did you ever figure out where they wound up giving away the uh, Lando Star Tot? Because I know going into the panel, you were like, I don't know which Star Tot it is, but I hope it's Lando. And it turned out to be Nine Numb, which is kind of like one step removed, which kind of works. Right, right. Um, I guess it would have been one of the after ones because I asked uh, Gus Lopez, who who runs the thing, um, and he's like, I don't know. I'm not in charge of that. I'm like, Gus, I really need it to be Lando. And he's like, I'm sorry. I have no control over it. I'm like, okay. So I I don't know which panel. I know that it was a panel. It was a Sunday panel that gave out Lando. And I know it wasn't us, but that's all I know. (laughs) I really need it to be Lando. I really don't care what you need. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, just shut up and do your panel. And I'm like, okay, Gus. (laughs) Do your job. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. Gus is a really cool guy. But, um... So this was this was your first one, and I know you said that you covered a lot of it on your vlog, but um, you want to kind of like uh, hit your first day. I'm just sort of curious as to what your your thoughts and experiences were, especially that first day. Well, um, so we got caught up in the mess there at the beginning of the first day. Um, I I've said multiple times uh, when looking back on Celebration that it's sort of like there were three missteps, one being the Ahsoka signing that was not until uh, the third day, but then the other two were the ones that hit the first. You had the the whole issue with the Thrawn book and then getting in the door. So we showed up a little before 10. We expected there to be a line outside because that's around the time the doors were opening, um, and we expect to just kind of slowly work our way in like just about any other convention or any other big event where you're standing in line waiting to get in. Um, what it turned out, though, was that Reed Pop only had one set of doors open and they were trying to do uh, empty your pockets, do a quick wand or walk through a little metal detector thing um, and a bag check because they were really concerned about security for about the first hour or so. <laughs> yeah. um, and what it was happening was because it was only the one entry point, it was really slowing down the line. So by the time we got there, um, somebody had clocked it, and I, I have no idea if this is accurate or not. I only know the time accuracy, but when we got there and stood in line, uh, it took us two and a half hours to actually get in the doors. 
Um, somebody had said that when they actually looked at um, the length, it was something like a two-mile line. I don't think that's the case. I think that was exaggeration, but it was ridiculous. It was basically around one side of the building and all the way down as far as you could go before you were off the property by an overpass mm -hmm. and then curved back and went back the opposite direction to the front of the building and then snaked around a few times. And it got to a point where um, they did open up a second set of doors right. uh, and let basically everybody in the back of the line in while everybody who'd been waiting for hours were still stuck in the line running down the side of the building out towards the neighborhoods and such, which was kind of asinine. Um, so we got caught up in that. So we walked in with sort of a negative vibe to begin with because we both have our health issues. Standing around outside for two and a half hours in Orlando heat does nothing good for either of us. Um, it puts us in bad shape, and she had come into it feeling a little bit ill, um, having just come out of surgery and uh, recovery and that kind of thing within the last couple of weeks, and I had started to feel ill on the way down. So we kind of were, were dragging, and that just made us drag more. So the first day, if you had, if you had asked us that day, and in fact, I put this in the, in the little video updates that I put up on YouTube, I would have said, this is the only celebration we're ever going to go to. This is BS. Um, they, their handling was, was that bad of the entry point. Uh, and it cast a pall on the rest of the day. But looking back on it, we're able to sort of separate out that crap from the fun things we actually were able to pull off on the first day, and that included, uh, we got a chance to go to a Chuck Wendig signing. I did not, by the way, as I as I posted on Facebook as a possibility, I did not go to his writer's workshop to teach Chuck Wendig how not to write <laughs> in sentence fragments. I thought that would be douchish of me um, as a teacher. But uh, we went to the Chuck Wendig signing, found him to be very personable in person, just just complete night and day to his Twitter persona. Um, got a couple of things signed there. Uh, wound up getting to the Barnes & Noble booth again to uh, pick up some more throngs for those people who couldn't be there. Um, went back into the throng line to get books signed. At that point, uh, Barnes & Noble was on, I think, its first or second set of different rules that it used throughout the convention. Um, the stated rule is supposed to be if you're going to get something signed at the Barnes & Noble booth, you have to have bought something from Barnes & Noble at some point during celebration. Um, they weren't really policing it. It was just sort of, you should have. It's sort of an honor system thing. Um, for the Zahn signings, at least the first ones, you had to have a copy of Thrawn, whether it was the exclusive or not, in order to get something signed. And you could get one other thing signed and however many copies of Thrawn you had. So there were people giving the death glares because between my wife and I, we had five copies of Thrawn to get signed uh, of the exclusive one because we bought, you know, there's no, there was no limit to the amount you could buy. Even if it had been two per person, we still would have wound up with the same number. Um, uh, thanks to you picking up the one, but we took them up, got them signed again, very nice, very personable, but a fairly long line that was sort of a sense of what was to come with that. Um, picked up some Delray samplers on the first day. Uh, walked the show floor, got a chance to pick up some gifts for people, um, some shirts. We basically spent that first day pretty much just on that main uh, show floor that they call it, where you've got all the different vendors and whatnot, just kind of checking things out, picking up what we could, picking up what we wanted to pick up. That way... We could sort of clear the decks for the later days, so if we wanted to see panels or if there were people we were going to try to meet up with and something like that, we'd be freer to do it. It's kind of like, you know, if the top of my checkbox was get the exclusive Thrawn, uh, get 
the sampler and get stuff signed. We had taken care of the first two and a chunk of the third. And the more that we got done with those signings that we were trying to get to, um, the less and less pressure there was of trying to get to certain places at certain times on the other days that sort of eased things up for us. So that first day was kind of like a, almost like a pressure release valve. It was cool to get the signings done, but it was nobody that I'd ever really met before. Um, and on top of that, being able to pick up the physical items we wanted to make sure that we got and we were able to check all those things off the list before leaving at about five or six o'clock and going and buying a whole bunch of sinus medicine and painkillers <laughs> for our legs. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, buddy. Um, I mean, we're just we're, we're, we're messes anyway. That's I mean, that's that's nothing new. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think um, I think that's for the most part. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that you did anything uh, poorly because that, I mean, that's the big thing is a lot of people and, and I've known people who are like, oh, I went and did this. And they just, they sort of get run over by the con, you know, and they're, and they're like, oh, I, just, I had such a horrible experience. I'm like, well, yeah, of course you did. Why did you think that, you know, like, why did you think Saturday would be a really good day to try to go get like, uh, Mark Hamill's autograph or something like that. Of course, that's the worst time to do it. You know, just just kind of things like that. I I think that pretty much doing stuff like sticking to the show floor that first day is a really good idea. Um, mostly for the the fact that you can sort of um, I guess get your bearings or whatever, sort of familiarize yourself with your surroundings and everything, and then that way as you want to do other things in the coming days, you you sort of have an idea of where you need to go to. Right. And it was sort of, it, once we finally got in the doors, now this is the point at which they had given up on the bag check. They just weren't checking it. They're just like, go, 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 go. Right. It's because the line was so long. So, you know, anybody who, who was carrying an Uzi at the bottom of their bag could easily have gotten in. <laughs> right, right. Um. But as they kind of shuffled us through so quickly, we missed the little registration desk because we already had our badges. So we actually didn't have any kind of program until the second day. Um, so we were working off the app to figure out where everything was. And we actually had no idea where the panels even were. Even if we had wanted to go to panels on the first day, we would not have been able to tell you how to get to them. Um, we were so stuck, kind of focused there on the show floor. Um, one really cool thing on the first day, though, we're walking... I think it was after one of the signings at Barnes & Noble we're walking by, and I get stopped by a young man who it turns out uh, is someone I've conversed with quite often in the comments on YouTube, who was the first person at the con to recognize me from the YouTube channel. Uh, it goes by Buzzcraft Productions on, uh, on YouTube. But that was kind of cool, because there were several people that we ran into throughout who knew me from uh, the podcasting stuff, uh, or who... Uh, uh, or who kind of had had been following along with my podcast over the years, so they would recognize my voice if they heard it and knew me just from you know pictures posted and maybe the YouTube channel. But to have somebody who just knew me from YouTube who didn't listen to the podcast was kind of a a cool thing. That really hasn't happened before. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is because that's the thing is like with Dragon Con, for instance. I know you said you've you've been to that one. It's um it's sort of a mixed uh, pop culture convention but this one being exclusively star wars uh yeah the chances of that are much higher yep geeks of our own flock <laughs> so 
Now, here's the one thing, though, is you said that you didn't think that that line was actually two two miles long. Um, I I don't know. I just know that uh-huh. it was ridiculous. But I'm a horrible gauge of distance by sight, so right. couldn't tell you. So I got in line at six o'clock in the morning, and the reason I did was because I thought, you know, going uh, off Anaheim, I thought, well, if I line up at six. That's going to be plenty of time to get into that 40th anniversary uh, panel. <laughs> they were letting people spend the night inside, son. Oh, no, no. Well, they, they let people spend the night uh, at Anaheim as well. It just oh. wasn't actually necessary. This time, it was necessary. <laughs> um, in fact, we I know someone who um, they went in at 11 o'clock. And they would have they would have actually made it into the room, but the way that Reed Pop organized it before they gave the wristbands. So so essentially, what happened was they let people come in and stay the night, and they closed the doors at twelve. So nobody would be allowed back or nobody would be allowed in after twelve. But I want to say it was essentially they gave the bands out at six. But they let people back in at five. So between five and six, it was just line cutters everywhere. So the person that uh, that I know w- went from having, you know, easily having a, a, a spot in line, and it's Matt Clifton. I don't know why I'm saying it like it, I'm, you know, protecting the innocent. Um, but if people know who he is, that's there you go. If you don't, whatever. But anyhow, um, they went from having a, a well secured spot in line to having to be put in an overflow room. Ouch. That's that's horrific. Now, and that was the thing that struck me was that and maybe this is just because most of my experience with cons has been with smaller ones. I have done Dragon Con, but I've tended to do, you know, I've gone to Dragon Con when there was people I was trying to meet up with or if there was a panel I was on as opposed to trying to get into some big name panel kind of thing. But it struck me that for as much as they try to make this a family-friendly Star Wars event, it really is not at all friendly to what you might call casuals when it comes to actually attending conventions. Because, I mean, the, the for instance, all of the big-name panels, all the big-name events, um, you basically not only had to either get there crazy early and get in line for, but in many cases, you needed to spend the night the previous night for so good luck for families who brought their kids um good luck for people with medical concerns although there was a medical badge thing that would that would alter the the way that you got in in the morning um like with my wife and i there was no way we we would be totally fine showing up at six in the morning but we're not spending the night in the convention center right um so that sort of made it so that as we were planning out our days, regardless of what big panel you wanted to get to, unless you were willing to spend the night, you might as well wipe that off your plans. Right. And and that's that creates that celebration bubble, as they call it, where you know, you're not even necessarily hearing about the big news until you get back to the hotel and you actually go through and look on social media or you start streaming the stuff that you missed because you didn't spend the night. Um it's really sort of, in that sense, all the big events at the con seem like they are for the people who are willing to do the hardcore. Like, like when, when I po- when I talked about this on the YouTube channel, the response and and I did not get any rude responses. Just bear that in mind. Is it just the 
it's the the message I want to try to get across and simplify it was basically well if you wanted to get in anything big pff, why didn't you spend the night you know pro tip don't even get a hotel for the first night just sleep at the convention center I'm like not with my wife I'm not and not if I have kids I'm not and so on so I don't know, and, and you take that, you take the way that they, they just sort of seems like they over or excuse me, underestimated interest. Like you go to the booths that are doing the author signings. We're gonna line up half an hour before. Don't try to line up before that. It's only half an hour before. Bull crap. They were lining up an hour before, forty-five minutes before. They weren't dispersing anything. When they did wind up selling out of all the Thrawn books that they thought they had, all the exclusives, all the Barnes & Noble versions, all the regular versions, every single one of them that they thought they had, they found like one more case or box or whatever of exclusives, and we're going to give those away through like a lot, or not give them away, but give away opportunities to buy them as a lottery on day two. Well, okay, but they had people lining up to draw for this lottery for these limited number of copies and told everybody who showed up early no, you can't line up yet. No, you can't line up yet. No, you can't line up yet. See these people who are lining up? We're going to disperse that because that's not the official line. We're going to line up half an hour before. And then they didn't disperse anything. And those who actually followed the rules and didn't line up like they were told not to got screwed and had no chance to even draw for the lottery. Um, it's just – and if you're not ready for the hardcore standing in line, don't – go expecting to get a bunch of things signed or have a lot of those type of experiences or to get into many panels. I mean, the, the, the line for your panel and, oh, and you're not a Lucasfilm person, man. It, like people aren't looking at that saying, I recognize all these names. I don't think unless they're hardcore hey. podcast listeners, hey, but people the line like was down the block. People like me. People. And, 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 and it was a really good <laughs> panel with no, I know. something I, free given away at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah that's why no, I, mean, I the told line you. was huge. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just it strikes me that it's going to be line shock for most people. Mm -hmm. But unless you are of that hardcore bent when it comes to um, you know like staying overnight, um, you should assume when you go to a celebration that you are going to experience all the big panels the way that everybody else at home does, live streaming them later uh, or streaming them later. Although. We did wind up by accident getting into the uh, small talk with Warwick Davis panel on day two. Oh, that's but cool. that was only because we happened to be like we walked out. We're like, oh, so that's where all the panels are. <laughs> nice. And they're outside the door saying Warwick Davis. Anybody for Warwick Davis? Because they had some room in the balcony that hadn't gotten full yet. But that was about the only reason we got into any of them. I mean, I, of the entire time, we finally just said, screw it, and besides spending time on the show floor and going to like the author signings that were a big thing for me, um, we went to Warwick Davis, which is the one big panel we went, or one big event we went to. We went to your panel, and that was it as far as panels. Yeah, at least you didn't have to stand in line for that one. Yeah, yeah I was like, I was like, crap, man, we gotta get in line, like, now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do not get in line. <laughs> Until Sweet. Yeah. We're considered family and friends. Right. Awesome. Well, I have a friend. Yeah, and that's I, I, I um, I, I was I, I was cracking up because you know you're like oh my god like you your line it's all the way down to here and I'm like yeah and I'm like of course you you know why they're actually here right <laughs> I'm like they do these star tot things that they give away each time I'm like these these so, people are not like, all here to see me <laughs> star tots did I bring ketchup. <laughs> 
Yeah. So. I didn't know that was, I don't know what the hell a star tot is. So, so there's pins and there's star. Now the star tots aren't pins though, right? Right. So they're, they're just little metal figures that do what? Um, nothing. I mean, they're they're almost. I don't even know. If Gain you, value. Well, yes, they <laughs> do. I mean, it's heck, man. I mean, they're free. They give them to you in the panel, and then they. They actually do hold value. It's crazy. I mean, those things. What I was looking at it seems like that they're pretty much worth like twenty bucks each, on or that's what they seem to be going for on eBay. Um, yeah, and and there's like there's several of them, so everybody's trying to collect the set. Uh, I mean, I think they're they're very cool, and uh, you know, especially like I said, there's no cost to you for them, so um, you just gotta go to a panel and stare at my ugly mug for like thirty minutes. Well, forty five, but um, you know, I mean, it's I. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what more to say on it. Like I said, it's no, it was, it's, it's, little, it's it's cool to see. Could be, and that yeah. was something that. Um, it, it's it's an interesting phenomenon because I think the idea was, and surely whoever created the idea of, of giving out stuff at, for the uh, the panels, not at celebration, but just in conventions in general, the idea was, you know, this will be a draw to bring more people. Um, but what's I, I would imagine what's happened is that now it's got to the point where it's sort of this will be a draw to bring more people, but oh crap, we may wind up not having room for everybody who's lined up now because interest has grown so much. In these conventions and in these collectibles and so on, um, but yeah, it was a it was a packed house and that was a pretty, yeah, pretty I, large room. I, I don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn, but I do think that they filled that room. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was huge. I don't know that there was anybody still left waiting outside, but I know that um, just as we were sitting there and kind of keeping keeping a lookout for Bruce as Bruce was coming in, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty full. Within a few minutes of the start time, it looked like. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. Now, I will say there were some of these lines that we did that you could totally understand why the line was there. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was it was completely worth the experience. I mean, um, getting stuff signed by Zahn and Windig were pretty cool, but it, these weren't people that I had ever talked to really before. So it was just kind of come up, say hello, get it signed. My wife says hello, gets stuff signed, and that's basically it. Like... You know, yay, now I've got a full set of Aftermath signed. I was able to get all the Thrawn copies signed for people. Okay, great. Um, but we get into the second and third day, second especially, and these were days where I had a chance to go to signings for John Jackson Miller, who, as you know, I've did. I I've talked to quite a bit previously, but he and I worked on that X-Wing scenario together, that unofficial X-Wing thing for the event he was holding. Um, so I was able to get some stuff signed, including a printed out on cardstock copy of that X-Wing scenario that he and I put together. Okay. Um, and we got a chance to uh, meet and talk to Jason Fry, who I've worked with on some Star Wars stuff before, like when I was helping out with the Atlas uh, okay. dates and whatnot, to be able to kind of have a chance to actually stop and talk to him. Yep, and then the biggest, on show. Yep, then the biggest was we got a chance to meet and actually get uh, – the reader's companion, in which he cited my work, um, signed by Pablo Hidalgo, which was crazy awesome because he doesn't do book signings nearly as often as the others. Um, and we had the, the the great moment of, you know, kind of shaking his hand, talking to him for a minute, like finally kind of putting the faces to names and everything. And uh, uh, my wife is standing there with her item to get signed, and said, oh, uh, "So I hand him the book." Uh, he's like, well, I can't believe you lugged this around. You know, I'd be happy to sign it. And, say, yeah, and my wife would like you to sign her shirt. 
mm-hmm. his eyes get gigantic, like <laughs> deer in the headlights. Like, that she's holding the mm-hmm. one she's holding. <laughs> um, so she got her Yoda shirt signed by Pablo Hidalgo, and then when we finally got a chance to go, well, when kind of we went to the Ahsoka signing the next day, uh, she had a chance to uh, talk to Ashley Eckstein, ask her about future Gunji, you know, the little Wookiee. Uh, character merchandise right um and got uh, a ahsoka shirt and all her universe ahsoka shirts signed by her uh, while also getting the ahsoka book signed by ek johnston for me that was that was the line in which they they pulled the bait and switch where they were like not only do you have to have bought something from barnes and noble the del rey booth if you don't have a receipt to prove it which we didn't because we had bought the stuff previous days and weren't carrying the receipts with us um then you'll be asked to leave the line, which they never did. But tons of people split out of the line and went and bought stuff mm-hmm. to not get kicked out of that line. Um, and this is the line where eventually they got to a point where it was basically, uh, if you're carrying your stuff to sign, uh, condense it down to as few per person as possible. Get the person up there. Each of the people signing will only sign one thing, but they'll sign them simultaneously. So you can't get your book signed by Johnston and Eckstein, it's just one or the other. What? Uh, That's... Uh, oh, you didn't hear about this crap? No, that is... Oh, that is oh, 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 oh. So, so they come around, and it's it's uh, first, um, you will have to have a receipt, or we will yank you out of the line, which they never did, which caused a lot of people to spend extra money that they weren't already going to. They did not put a cap on the line. They told people, a few people behind us, you may or may not actually get up there within the hour of the signing, um, but didn't bother to tell that to the other two snaking wraps of the line behind them. Right. Um, it was Ashley Eckstein, uh, E.K. Johnson, and Mark Thompson all signing at once, though as cool as Mark Thompson is, and he and he recorded voicemail greetings for I me and my wife, that. which are awesome. Yeah, I heard um, about that. He, it, it, it sort of didn't really make sense that he was there on the Ahsoka one because Ashley Eckstein did the voice work for right. the Ahsoka book. Um, but the three of them were there, And to speed things along, um, they finally basically said um, that each of the people, each of the three, could sign one thing, but they would sign it at the same time, so you couldn't get something signed by multiple. So, no getting something signed by all three, and if you had bought the audiobook, which is what they were promoting this for, thinking that Mark Thompson had something to do with it also, and wanted to get that one item that they were promoting, but didn't have for sale, of course, uh, they were all sold out, um signed by all three, you couldn't do it because you could only get it signed by one and you had to have two more items to get each person to sign one thing. Um, But then they got to a point where it was, okay, if you are in line with someone and you have basically uh, items for multiple people to sign, but like say you're holding one and I'm holding one, no, 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 that's one person worth of stuff. One of you should stay in line. The other one needs to get out of the way so the line can move faster. So when we got up to the front and they called for the next person, they called for they called for my wife. She stepped up with our book and our uh, T-shirt. And I'm standing there with nothing. I say, well, can I go stand next to my wife? I don't have anything to sign. It's not like I'm going to slow the line down. And I was told no. Wow. And then when I moved to go walk to where I could wait for her at the end of the line, this dickwad puts his arm out and arm bars me to stop me. <laughs> Had he grabbed me, he would have been on the floor bleeding, and I would have been gone through security. Um, we don't play with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if, if, 
anyway, so finally, <laughs> no, finally tell this jackass yeah. off and go to where I'm going to be standing waiting for my wife to come up. The guy who was behind us is raising hell on my behalf, and we don't even know the guy uh, when he's up there in line. Um, my wife, uh, I, you know, I kind of pop my head over and say, I'll be over here. So she knows where I'm going to be standing. Um, she's getting hit by the anxiety because she doesn't do the social, she's got the whole social anxiety thing from time to time. That's not a good thing to try to do right at the last minute on her. Um, she gets up, um, Ashley Eckstein is very nice, kind of a calming presence, does the signing thing. E.K. Johnson signs the book and Eckstein's like, so who, who was that guy up here uh, nearby a second ago? Was that your husband? They made your husband get out, and she was getting pissed right, at right. the Barnes & Noble people over what they were doing. But see, at least we were adults right? because they also had an instance in which they separated out a third or fourth grade little girl from her dad because she was holding stuff to sign, but daddy wasn't, and daddy couldn't stand with her in the line. That's they were begging for a lawsuit. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, trying to do something like that is a, a huge issue. That's moronic. I mean, that's just yeah, yeah. To, to their credit, the, the people who were in line near the kid were like, "Don't worry, we get we'll keep an eye on her." But and one of them um, actually stayed near the girl as they got to the end of the line to make sure that she was able to meet with her dad. But in theory, either of those people who were trying to say, you know, "Don't worry, we'll keep an eye on her," could have been pedophiles for all we know. Yeah, you know. That they, it, the the and that's the that was the third of the things that I think was where they really fell down. It was sort of a we had a great experience, but there were these three things that kind of marred individual days that just you send back saying logistically there was just an absolute fail there, and that was one of them. But it's because they didn't expect they didn't expect the draw. They didn't expect that many people to be there for Ashley Eckstein, and I don't think the DK people expected a line even for their signings because when we went up there and said, so where's the line going to form for um, Jason Fry, uh, Kemp Rimmelar, and Pablo Hidalgo when they're, when they're signing? And they're like, there really isn't one. <laughs> Do we need to buy something? Not really. I mean, just just come and get it signed. You know, they should, they'll be here. And by the time, of course, we get there for Pablo's, I mean, it's, it's around the corner of the booth and heading away um, because people want to get stuff signed, and it's three authors at the exact same place at the exact same time um it's just it's just odd it kind of felt like i think that's where, where my experience comes in. it was the it was great to get stuff signed and meet these people especially official people that i hadn't had a chance to meet before it was great to meet all the people from the podcast community or the online community that i talked to for years but hadn't ever met it was great to get these things that we wanted to pick up and just kind of get away for a while but we have to sit back and scratch our head going read pop does this for like their business right right yeah yeah. They're professionals at doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. And somehow their organizational skills and that of the people running some of these booths who presumably do them at more than just the one convention, um, they, they kind of remind me of the, uh, I'd like a double hamburger, please make sure there's no cheese on it, and what I get is a double hamburger with only cheese. Right. I'm kind of like, shouldn't you be better at this than the person taking my order over here? Yeah, no. still better though than the room service at the hotel. Where on the second day, where we called to have some food delivered, I was put on hold for ten minutes, and nobody ever came back to the phone. So we went to eat <laughs> across the street. Um, but I don't know. I just there it's. It, but it didn't ever feel like it was because Reed Pop was trying to be unprofessional, or that the Barnes and Noble people were un were trying to be unprofessional when it came to like the 
the Ahsoka signing, I think it was just an overwhelming amount of numbers that were just not planned for. You could tell on the Barnes & Noble people who completely screwed up the Ahsoka signing thing. And granted, it was a different group of Barnes & Noble people than the previous days that had been awesome. They had been fantastic. You could see the stress on them. You know, this was not something where they were just doing it because they were. it was a power-hungry move. It was they were at their breaking point trying to hold it together. And that's 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 a shock to me. You know, was, was it, have any other celebrations? Been, I know other celebrations have had lines and such, but did it seem like sort of we were at the, the stress point where it was almost like the balloon was about to pop before? No. Um, and, and on that, on, on what you said, like, I kind of get that, but that's still, there's zero excuse for some of the actions, though. Even if, even if it's like, oh, we, um, we weren't expecting that. Well, that's great. Why are you, um, you know, why are you, uh, separating a child from her father? Like, that's, there is zero excuse for that. You need contingency plans. Yes. Yeah. So that have been run through the lawyers. Yeah, I, I mean that's that is like that is a really stupid idea, and to me that sounds like honestly like uh, like early twenties, late teens, you know, making decisions. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't sound like some a decision that would be made by a responsible adult. True, and and it's and it definitely was an adult making the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, decisions on the fly, and it was just kind of like a. And, and I think that was a thing because, like, for instance, the guy blocking me, I don't think the guy was thinking that I was somehow going to slow down the line because I had nothing I was carrying, and I was just going to stand by my wife. I think it was a, we must hold this line, not the line line, but like hold this line of policy, no matter what, right? Because otherwise we will get chaos. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably what happened in the case with the little girl. That it was just sort of a... Or, or maybe whoever was doing it thought, you know, hey, the, maybe the person in front of her was related to her, so we're going to separate her. And the person behind them was just like a third person in the group, or what? But... I don't know. That like did I not said, come off... That did not, yeah. did not come off well. But that was, that was a negative side. So, second day... There was something that you missed, I think, because you were once again having to be caught in the autograph line hell, so, I think. Yeah, so first day I only had one autograph, and it went really well. In fact... Now, now can I ask... Uh-huh. Because I've been asking... I've been, I've been asking this previously in some Facebook questions back and forth, but it always seems like you sort of missed this question. Oh, do I? Okay. I want to I know, because you were getting like... You weren't getting like author autographs. You were getting like... Actors and actresses and such right. autographs. So, how much did you guys drop, and how many <laughs> autographs did you get? Because I know that this celebration for my wife and I, without ever entering the celebration store or the autograph area, it is the most expensive thing we have ever done outside of the down payment we put down on our house. Right. Um, my God, how much must you have? Just, <laughs> you must either be much better at managing the celebration experience, uh-huh. or you must have just been. Been like, be like, hey, actors and actresses, here's the money. Here you go. Nothing but ones. I um, I was signing all of my uh, credit card slips YOLO. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, it was something that I knew was expensive, but, um, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I actually did not go on vacation last year, like, at all. So, uh, 
you know, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it just budget for and it's it's not yeah. that bad i mean it, like it's expensive but then again it's like it's really not you know but and it's um, a one-time kind of right kind of, and, that, and that was kind of our way of looking at it you know if, if we were going to wind up needing to put stuff on the cards which we never really do this was going to be when we did it because this was our chance to go and just kind of do whatever and have fun with it um on average about what was like what would you say that one average autograph tended to cost because wasn't it like you bought a ticket and the yeah. ticket entitled you to like something to get signed and the signing itself because you didn't do like the photo op thing, did you? Um, I tried to do one photo op. That's the only thing that I did not manage uh, to to accomplish. And of course, they they refunded it. Oh, okay. Um, and that would and so so all yours were then just the signing. You go in, they're right. they're there, talk with them for a second, sign, go, kind of like the author signings, except. More expensive, more high profile. Yeah, and and I my so my suggestion for it because I'm hearing a lot of flack toward uh, tops, and and I tell people they're like, well, they're like, just sounds like you had better experiences than me, and I'm like, dude, I got 16 autographs. Like I don't. My God. Yeah, I'm like I don't think that I just lucked out 16 times. And you just got, you know, four really bad experiences that does not add up. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we need that. We need that on the marquee outside of Cloud City Casino. Luckiest man at celebration. <laughs> well, no, I mean, honestly, I because because I'm trying not to be rude when I say it to people. Um, but it's like, I just don't think that they I don't think they were quite as prepared for for doing this as what I was, you know, and we did. Now we did hear about, about there was a lot of times where they had to shuffle the times and whatnot mm -hmm. um, to, in order to get everybody done. But wasn't that, I mean, from, from what I'm understanding, wasn't that more like the celebrities having issues that caused their schedules to change that caused the schedules for the people wanting the autographs to change? Like it wasn't tops per se, but it was like, um, it was just a celebrity sometimes. No, I mean, not not really. Now, now I will say there there was one issue that I know of, and that was uh, Riz Ahmed. Um, he apparently had to keep getting up. I don't like know. Bodie. Yes, um, uh, local boy. He, I don't, I don't know what what was his issue with that or whatever, but I, I do know he had to keep getting up for some reason. Um, he probably ate at Ezra's barbecue <laughs> and ate those peppers that I tried. Well. You know, just because he's a Jedi doesn't mean that he knows how to cook. Um, but besides that, you know, everybody seemed to kind of go pretty easily. And I I think now, now I will say most of the complaints that I've been hearing, it seems like that is due to um, photographs. Because when people are like, oh, you know, because when I was getting photos, I'm like, okay, so... I, th ah, I think the gotcha. photograph situation um, was probably not handled as well as the autograph situation. Gotcha. Um, and that would and that would have been, I would imagine that would have been even more difficult to to manage just from a time standpoint because you can kind of gauge how long it's going to take someone to just step up and get something signed as opposed to getting groups or individuals arranged for a photo, a decent photo taken, and so on. I would think. Um, I mean, not necessarily because because here's why. Um, and and this is why I don't do photographs anymore. And in fact, the the photograph I did buy, I bought on accident because I saw it was Forrest Whitaker, and I was like, oh my god, when am I going to get a chance to do this again? Bye. And then I realized I'm like, oh crap, I bought the photograph, not the autograph. Um, so that's the only reason I did that. Like, I just don't. 
I don't like the photograph um, experience anymore. And it's because literally the, the majority of the time, what you do is you walk up to the actor, shake their hand, and they say, okay, stand, you know, you stand here, you stand here. And then they snap a picture and then they shuffle you along. That is it. That is the photograph experience. And, and don't forget the announcement that went out. I think on that was at the first day that uh, was, and I, I forget how the announcement was made, but I remember it, it cracked me up. It was a, it was a, remember Felicity Jones does not like to be touched. Oh my God. Like to be touched. Do not touch Felicity Jones. Uh, did they seriously say that? I forget how it came through, but I know that we were on the show floor when that message message came, and I don't remember how it came, but it was basically, she has an issue with being touched. Do not touch. There will be no touching of the stars during the photographs. That is insane, but you Which know what? cracked me up. But, I mean, it's 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 a valid concern, I would imagine, because surely some of the stars aren't aren't as, as touch-friendly. Uh, and some may have anxiety with that sort of thing, but, but I, the way it came the, through was sort what? of a sort of sorry, please do not, do not touch, do not feed the animals in the zoo, do not run home with the kids from the petting zoo, please do not touch Felicity Jones. Okay, so but here's the thing though, this this all adds up to a lot of things that makes me so happy that I did not give her a cent and. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've heard things about her before, and the fact that she charged three hundred dollars. Damn. Yes. Yeah. She charged more than Mark Hamill. Now is that now? Of course, that begs the question, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether or not those charge because I know that having to charge at all somehow connects to like a contractual thing, right? Right. Uh, which is why the book, like the authors, don't have to do it. But aren't the rates set by like whatever agency? handles that talent i mean surely she's not the one choosing what the cost is going to be it it honestly it depends because depending on who the person is they have different um they have different contracts and everything i mean across the board so for instance there there may one person may they say okay we're gonna cover this but you need, you know, we're, we're going to cover your, your room and board and everything. Um, we're going to pay you this much, but you have to get this many autographs or you have to get this many pictures, blah, blah, blah. Um, so in a way, they kind of do. Um, because basically on, on what they, uh, you know, the amount of time that they are there for and the... Um, you know, basically, basically, like, like I said, for what they'll allow, um, that that's going to factor in a lot compared to what they then make themselves. Does that make sense? So Felicity Jones could be, you know, $300 and players do not touch Felicity Jones. Yeah. And you could get like background actor who was in a suit, um, $20 and you're welcome to slip him the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically. Like, I mean, you're joking, but that's, I mean, the tongue part, maybe not so much, but I don't know. I never tried. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, yeah, seriously. And, and that's the thing is, I mean, you're, you're not, when, when you're going up here to, to do this or whatever, you're going up for an experience and, and I'm not saying like, honestly, I don't, I, I might shake the person's hand, right? Maybe sometimes I, 
sometimes I don't even do that. But just have, going at it with that mentality is just kind of disgusting to me. It's It seems like she has a giant stick up her butt. And um, like I said, this isn't the first thing that I've heard about her. I have no interest in ever meeting her whatsoever. And here I thought the worst thing that could happen was you could meet Forrest Whitaker and catch Forrest Whitaker eye. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm so, I look I think he's he's probably one of the people that if I had met anybody among the uh, the actors and actresses would have been one of the cooler ones to uh to meet just because of the attitude that he brings to everything. Right. Um and well and so, that was my disappointment was um because I I'd gotten his photo op. Right. But the thing is, you you look and see, you know, you, you do the pre-order and they're like, okay, so it's for this day and, and you, you can go get the picture with him or whatever. Well, then I realized, I thought it was a mistake. I thought I thought that they'd made a mistake on, on the, uh, the site, but I was like, man, I, I'm going to be pushing it. And sure enough, I didn't make it there in time. I showed up a few minutes late and they're like, he's gone for the day. I'm like, wow. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, he only had the one. They're like, yeah, he only had one photo op. And it was for 15 minutes. And I'm wow. like, and I told the guy, I said, how, how do you, like, like, how did you think you were going to get everybody in, in 15 minutes? He goes, yeah, we do them fast. I'm like, that's not a, um, like, like that's, that's not going to make me, you know, that's not endearing to me. Like, I'm not going to go, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You guys get this done. I'm going to go, oh. So basically we rushed through and I might as well just get a, like, I might as well just, I could spend the money on go going and buying a uh, Saw Gerrera cardboard cutout, taking a picture with that. And I get to keep the cutout. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I could just see you, see you if you had gotten into the photo op being like dragged away by security, be like, Forrest, no, <laughs> no, say lies and deceptions again. <laughs> no, I actually, which, which, which has to be my favorite meme coming out of, of Orlando, the lines, deceptions, right? Everywhere, more lines because. Yeah. Holy crap! And and the de- I I would have argued against the the whole deceptions part had it not been for the uh, the Ahsoka signing thing. So 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 you did a lot of the autograph experience. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of the author signing experiences. Um, and I but I would still say that what I went for uh-huh. was much less. I mean, yeah, I wanted to get the exclusive book, but I was like, I already got copies of this. Is the only book that I bought like every different version of here, um, and. I, I would have probably trolled eBay afterwards or looked for somebody who could have picked one up for me. Okay, would I be like, hey, Michael? Which is what <laughs> I wound up doing anyway. Right. Um, but aside from getting a chance to like talk to Pablo, for instance, for a moment and that sort of thing, what really stood out to me was just meeting people that I hadn't met before and being able to kind of be there for the Star Wars Report group. Um, many of whom, I had, aside from you and Riley, I hadn't met, despite most of us living within about like <laughs> half an hour to an hour of right. each other. Um, so we did do a, a Star Wars Report meetup on Friday night, did a, a, a dinner thing at Tutu Tango, um, which was pretty cool. Got a chance to meet some of the uh, the listeners, some of the people from like Wampa's Lair also. Um, I finally met Bruce, you know, the, <laughs> yep. the man who's rather tall, man shoes i'm filling um <laughs> and you you and, were gone by the time i got there yeah we were we were we were there for probably about an hour hour and a half we we're just kind of like whew, we're just, we're just wiped yeah and then you get to um um the the last day when they had the uh, live star wars report uh, 
uh, podcast session there, so we were able to be in the audience for that, which allowed us to meet some more, like meet the the people from High Adventure, meet uh, Aaron and Teresa, for instance. So I feel like while while a lot of the stuff that you can do at Celebration um, is what stands out as, you know, hey, I got to meet this person, or hey, I got to do this, or hey, I got this autograph for this picture, or I saw this panel, really the, the lion's share of the experience that's going to stay with me, I think, is the people met who I'd known online who I'd never met before in person and things like that, those type of experiences. Because I think back in a lot of these books, you know, I could get an autographed copy through somewhere else. Like, oddly enough, right at the moment that we were getting copies of Thrawn signed in the exclusive version by Zahn, arriving in the mail, getting a text message saying it had arrived on my phone, um, was a signed copy of Thrawn that Books a Million was selling. You know, like I could get those elsewhere, but it's the it's the connections, the meeting, the people, the experiences, like you said, with, you know, with the photo ops and whatnot of being able to do. And I don't know, that's I think that in part is why my wife and I are still kind of in the this was good to go once. This was fun to do. We probably won't do it again. And I think a lot of that comes down to. And maybe it's just because, like, my mentality, so much of it is the online community and that sort of thing. And even with my students, it's all online interactions now. I'm I'm sort of the, the teacher hermit, unless I go out and visit the schools. Um, kind of makes me think that maybe it's it's because that that is so much of it for me, but I have so much more interactions with those same people otherwise. Right. That sort of meeting them once is cool, but the other stuff I was able to do, I could have done otherwise. And the biggest panels... I could have live streamed while they were happening at home, and instead I wound up seeing them back in our hotel room when we took a breather for part of the third day, watching them on YouTube. You know, like I, I'm not seeing where the huge cost mm-hmm. for us gets justified to do it again. But I know there are people for whom this is like the thing, and they do it year after year after year after year after year. Um, I think it's it's going to be one of these experiences that you sort of you're going to take away from it whatever fits you. And not, it's hard to put experiences side by side and say, well, this experience was was better, worse, this experience was the same, except it really feels like it's a very personal thing, which is not something I think I would have, a label I would have necessarily applied to a convention prior to now. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that, you know, like we said, this one is exclusively Star Wars. As opposed to like Dragon Con, which is um, is very open pop culture, but Star Wars is so massive in itself that yeah, you can you can decide okay, I'm just going to focus on book stuff. I'm just going to focus on actors. I'm just going to focus on panels. I'm just going to focus on collecting, or I'm going to you know just sort of pick and choose here and there. Yeah, and- Dragon Con, if I understand right, is is primarily you got uh, fantasy, you got Star Wars, you've got Star Trek. Um, you've got things like uh, Hunger Games and such. You have a uh, Heineken, and then you have S and M. If I'm <laughs> if I'm remembering Dragon Con correctly, that's I, I would say probably PBR, not Heineken. But yeah, that's that's mostly right. <sighs> <laughs> Only in the South. Only in the South. Right. So, um, did you get a chance to meet Leland Chi at all? I did not. That was the one person who was sort of on our we would love to meet list, but he didn't do any signings. Mm-hmm. 
So rather than, you know, like haunting whatever, you know, the panel he was in to try to hopefully catch him on the way out, um, we just we just didn't really try to. It was just sort of a, if we run into him, we run into him. You know, if not, we don't. Yeah, because I... and, and, and really a lot of things right now. I mean, as much as I've had great interactions with Leland previously, when Disney came in, it really kind of changed the dynamic. Like he's not the guy who's out there having that one-on-one interaction with fans as much anymore or being the one clarifying things as much anymore. Now that's Pablo. Uh, he's kind of stepped into that role. So I was not at all surprised that I was able to have a, a situation in which I could have said hello to Pablo, but not necessarily Leland. It's just been a changed atmosphere um, in that, that dynamic. Well, I, I mean, Leland was there. and He was meeting and talking with people and everything. Um, that wasn't necessarily the best situation for me, but... I did get a chance to meet him. Nice. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll take you through the whole thing. I had been in costume for most of the day. Um, and did you did you get a chance to see me in in the costume? I saw pictures and I okay. saw the little quick snippet of you guys in costume on the wrap up video. Okay. So um, basically, that helmet that I was wearing is about maybe five pounds, maybe more. Um, in fact, I can go ahead and weigh it right now and I'll, I'll tell you how much that helmet weighs because I'm kind of curious myself. Postal service nerd has a, has a, a scale by his desk. Okay. Maybe it's not by his desk because he's not responding. So he probably just actually ran off to weigh it. No, it actually was by my desk. I was just out of uh, the microphone shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so it actually only weighs about three pounds. So it's not as heavy as I thought it was. But still, that's a, a silicone mask, which is nice. It breathes better than like a latex mask. But it's, um, it's still with, with that, uh, the, the neck is really stiff and everything because it, it forms directly to your uh, your face and head. So doing that and then just throwing a, a heavy helmet on top of it kind of wears you out. And um, so I was tired and, and I'd only been getting three hours of sleep the, the entire time. And I also was extremely hungry because I hadn't eaten it all that day. And this was, this was Saturday. And I was with uh, William Devereaux. And he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, I'm going to go. I'm like, hey, we're going to go eat. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go see Leland. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I just want to go. He's like, well, just, he's like, just for a minute, you know, he's like, just, just go over there and, you know, I can, I can introduce you or whatever. He's like, and, and then we'll go eat. And I'm like, all right, fine. I just want to go eat. And so then we go up there and everything. And I guess I didn't make the best impression because finally I'm just like, okay, William, I'm going to go eat. I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat. And then I leave. And then apparently Leland's like, is your friend kind of a dick? <laughs> so I didn't. So I was like, well, kind of. <gasps> yeah. no. Nice. So, Very nice. So William, I expected you to say you were going to, you, you led up to the whole helmet thing. I was expecting you to say that you like took off the mask and shook out your hair and you slapped him with some sweaty hair in his face <laughs> no, or something cartoony. No, no. Fortunately, he doesn't know what my face looks like. So if I ever meet him again, he won't know that I was the guy who he thought was really rude um, in the Hondo costume. <laughs> but as long as you don't tell him it was the Hondo costume. Hey, I'm right. the guy in the Hondo costume. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, Will- my, my Will- bad. William said he covered for me though, so so hopefully it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I, I met one of the guys from Story Group, and I uh, apparently was a dick to him. <laughs> so that's that's all right. That's all right. When I mean, what got me the job writing for Tales back in '04 was basically being a dick to Dark Horse, and then they're like, hey, you want to write? Yeah. So so sometimes you know. sometimes it it works um, unless you work for Repop. Um, <laughs> Got to give them, got to give them some crap. So, so I'm assuming that this is the. So this was kind of old hat. You do more conventions than I do. So this is a, this is cool and bring on 2019 if it's on this coast, kind of. Or heck, would you if it's on? I mean, if it's in California, would you be making the jump to Anaheim or whatever for? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do Anaheim. Um, in in fact, if it's in you know. If it's uh, internationally, then that's going to be a little more questionable. But I will, as long as it's in the states, I will definitely be hitting it. I will be making some changes because I will admit. I mean, even though I feel like my previous convention experience and everything kind of helped keep things going well, and and you know, keeping it from being a total disaster. 16 autographs is too many autographs to get. (laughs) I mean, like, I will concede that. 16 autographs is too many. And especially considering that I did 16 autographs, I was in costume all day on Saturday, and I had a panel on Sunday, um, and and actually made it into uh, a handful of panels. I was... Extra, I mean, I, I bit off more than I could chew. I was burning the candles in like 18 ends, you know. I mean, it was just, uh, I, I did too much. I've and, and I've done this before in the past with conventions. And what I will do is immediately after the convention's over, I'll make myself notes for the next one. So I'll say, hey, here is like, for instance, uh, with Dragon Con. After um, my first or second one, I was like, you know what? I, I need to make myself some notes. And and one of the notes was, stay out of the Hyatt, unle- or not the Hyatt, the uh, the Marriott, unless you actually need to be in the Marriott. Because that is the, the middle hotel, which means that everyone walks through there to get to where they need to. So it is where all of the, the clustering happens and it's where a lot of the people will stop for costumes and, you know, people try to take pictures of them and everything like that. So unless, you know, unless I needed to be in there, I wasn't going to go in there. Um, so with this one, I, I made myself several notes, um, for the next one, like don't get 16 autographs. That's too many stupid. Um, you know, just, just a few things like that. Um, I, I think, I think that the next one, should go a lot better than this one did even though I wouldn't say this one went horribly I just I could have been a little more productive I think if I would have you know made some changes and um if I would have been expecting it but but even I was basing it off of Anaheim and saying I had a great experience at Anaheim I got to do everything I wanted to you know it wasn't that bad I'll just kind of hit it just like I did Anaheim and then I realized no I I can't do that I think our notes would be stuff like uh, uh, get in line super early, but don't worry if you want to carry a gun because after a certain time of day, they won't care anymore. Um, don't trust 
purchase requirements at the Barnes and Noble booth. You know that that kind of stuff. And oh my yeah. God, make sure that you. And this is something that that stood out to me. This is because it was something that applied to any other family trips we've ever taken to Florida, but it was never going to Florida for a convention. So it was never at one of these like quick hotels near the convention center. Um, for God's sake, make sure that there is a kitchenette or something where you're staying so there's a microwave so you can have at least some food of your own or save some food because the sheer amount we spent on food down there was ridiculous. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yeah. At, Nothing like nothing like buying two pulled pork sandwiches, a Gatorade, and a Sierra Mist uh, uh, for thirty dollars, yeah. and that's that's not an exaggeration. It's thirty dollars and twenty five cents. So here's here's actually you know what this is this is one thing I just remembered on my notes um, that I, I to me this was my biggest uh, faux pas of the entire convention, which was make sure you have really good shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too bad on the floor, but because I was over at the, um, you know, where the, the top signing was going on, I, um, it, it was, it was straight concrete. So oh. I was standing on concrete for all day Friday and most of the day on Sunday, just standing directly on concrete and, uh, especially all the walking and everything else involved it starts to hit you fast, and I had old man hips by <laughs> oh, much, yeah. by the end of the oh, day, yeah. every single day. So. That's that's why we went and bought the pain medication. I've actually still got a toe that is healing from celebration, yeah. not from being stepped on, but from just walking in those shoes. Yeah. the entire time. So that that's why I suggest. And I everyone, didn't even wear my heels. <laughs> that's why you know I suggest to everyone don't don't buy brand new shoes. They they need to be good and broken in, but you need to make sure have nice thick sole. Like for me, I love uh, Vans because they're just they have huge thick soles, really comfortable, uh, break in very quickly. So like I kind of wish that maybe you know a month ago I would have gotten a new pair of Vans and and worn those. I didn't. I wore an older pair. They're actually a little bit different style that were a lot thinner. Which I say Vans. There, there's different brands because actually I, th- I think what some people think of vans they think of like the slipper type shoes and those are absolutely not the ones you should wear but point being a really nice comfy shoe with really nice thick uh soles and everything and definitely like that's trust me it's you're going to need them especially if you're um gonna be on like the uh, the concrete as much as uh as much as i was uh, besides that, the one thing I, I do want to bring up to you, cause you, you mentioned watching some of the stuff. Did you get a chance to watch the rebels panel at all? No, I haven't, did not watch the rebels panel. There's actually a couple that we missed that we haven't watched yet because it was all stuff that we would have watched upon getting home. and just haven't had time to actually sit down and do it. Most of the stuff that we watched streaming was stuff that we watched that had happened the first day or early on the second. Okay. So the last Jedi and 40th anniversary were the main ones we saw. Right, right. And see, those are ones that aren't too bad. And which I guess you saw over there by the um, the celebration. St- I don't guess it's the celebration stage, but but point being where the giant Tie Fighter was, um, you did see there was a giant projector there, right? Oh yeah. So that yeah, just a very crowded little area. But yeah, we were we were constantly on the move. Right. As Obi-Wan might say. So that's that's where I ended up watching the last Jedi trailer, which which was fun because I mean, 
it's you can watch it sit down in an overflow room. You know, basically you can wait for hours and hours and go into an overflow room and watch it. Or you can get there like when it opens, go to that projector and you can watch it there with a bunch of people, too. Like that's, you know, to me, <laughs> that's a no brainer. Um, granted, you won't get the the poster. So that kind of stinks. I, I did want that poster and I it completely slipped my mind to tell one of our uh, group members to to grab me one. So I didn't get one. Um, if anybody out there has an extra one, hit me up. I would be eternally grateful. Um, but let's see. So so there's that. The, the the Rebels panel, and the good thing about it is, not, I'm, I'm saying the Rebels panel, but what I actually meant was the, um, just the animated panel, I suppose. It was just Pablo Hidalgo and uh, Dave Filoni. Um, I don't know. I, I want to say that I heard that it was streamed but when they showed video, you couldn't see the video. So have you heard about the video clip that they showed from Clone Wars? From Clone Wars or from Rebels? From Clone Wars. That I have not. I know they that they played the trailer for Rebels and played the first episode of Season 4, but I hadn't heard anything about a clip from Clone Wars. Yeah, so that was on Saturday... And the the Clone Wars clip was Friday, and what it was they which we've heard for years that um, the plan was for Cad Bane to teach um, Boba Fett how to be a bounty hunter. Right. Well, apparently, um, well, I'm actually like. Oh, I'm 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 seeing it now. I can watch it on YouTube. Apparently, somebody brought their phone. <laughs> awesome. It's a, it's probably uh, uh, Joey Tavano because I know he he ended up with a clip of it. Um. So yeah. So apparently, he was trying to train him to be a uh, you know, a better bounty hunter or whatever. And it ends with a shootout between the two, and. Uh, I, I'm like, do I, do I need to spoil this or not? Um, are you cool with it? If I tell you, what yeah, because it, it it, I mean, it doesn't exist canonically at this point, so why not? Well, I mean, I think it does because the all the other stuff has been showing up on uh, the Star Wars. If you go to the Star Wars page, and it'll show everything um, as far as uh, chronological order. Then the like the bad batch and that stuff goes yeah. on. So the way I understand it, unless I'm wrong, but the way I understand it is pretty much when he shows these things, then they become canon. Okay, we'll go. We'll, we'll go with that for now. Yeah, Alex, I, I may be understanding it wrong, but I think that, like, I I think that um bat, both bad batch and what was that other one they did? I don't remember, but those crystal crisis on Utapau. Sure. Um, the crystal thing, where they got the crystal that winds up in the Death Star, according to Catalyst and all that stuff. Okay, but point being, like I said, I I think that's the case. I could I could double check it to to see, but um, anyhow, so what happens is there's a shootout, and it's really more how they structure it that just makes it a lot of fun. I think it's like forty seconds of just them just hanging there before they finally draw. Which is great because 40 seconds is a long time when you're watching something and it allows you to sort of um, sort of lose your, you know, to start with you're like, okay, I'm, obviously I know what's going to happen here. And then you're then by that time you're like, you're invested, you know, because it, it just goes for so long. Um, but they shoot and both Boba and uh, Cad Bane both go down 
but you see uh, Boba's helmet roll off with a uh, like a glowing spot on his head, and it's smoking from where the uh, the blaster bolt hit it. So it's essentially the the story of how he got his dent. Nice, very yeah. nice. See, you were saying they stand there for like forty seconds, and it builds up the tension because you're invested. I was expecting you to say you stand there for like forty seconds, then you're like, "William, I got to go get some food, man." Well, <laughs> right, right. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what was uh, building a lot. But but I mean, that's the way it was. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm like, this is cool. I see what you're gonna do in here, and then just holds and holds. And I'm like, I mean, I- anytime you you want to do it, that's that's fine with me. I mean, I guess I'll wait. I guess, and then just keeps going. And I'm like. Okay, guys, seriously. What? And then I'm just like, what's going to happen? And then they shoot, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, just that way to sort of disarm you, and, it, and it, it really works. And like I said, that room erupted. Everyone was like, oh, my God, that's how he got his dent. And then when you really think about it, you're like, well, that's kind of a silly thing, but it's not. Like, that's a thing that, you know, yep. Yep. as fans, like, we, we eat that stuff up, so... Yep. So at the same time, they're like, hey, here's the secret of how he got his dent. Ryan Johnson's like, yeah, I said, F it. The, the scar looks stupid where it was. Because <laughs> that's dumb. That's it's dumb. Me. Scoot it over. Put it on his eye. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, Force well, moves in mysterious ways. Whatever. And so the, the funny thing about it is that uh, Filoni said, you know, he had that whole thing set up. And he said, George Washington, he goes, he goes, make some smoke coming out of the, the top of his helmet there. And they're like, that's a great idea, and did it. So that was actually a uh, direction from George, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's most of the stuff. Uh, I mean, there, there's plenty of other stuff we can we can cover, but we can get back together here in a couple of days and cover more of it. Uh, I don't want to overload everything. If that sounds cool to you, sure. All right. So whatever you say, boss. <laughs> well, I'm just what saying. Is, I, I just I know I know there's so much um, that happened, and you know we definitely want to cover the uh, the battlefront um, panel because I was actually in that room. Ooh. And you know me, so you could pretty much imagine how I walked in there, um, but not exactly how I walked out of there. Just to be completely honest, well, that's that's good, and and that makes sense uh, to cover along with a lot of the other uh, uh, little bit of news trickled out for games. There it seems like. Th- uh, Battlefront 2 really stole the show when it came to games this time. Didn't really hear a lot coming out of Fantasy Flight, um, it seems like. But that's that's certainly within our purview. That's that's good. And hey, if we do another episode here in a few days, maybe by that time, Reed Pop will have let the rest of our casino patrons in. <laughs> Hopefully so, right? All right. Well, in the meantime... Um... You can go ahead and, and reach us over at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com, uh, or you can just tweet us at cloudcitycasino. And then, of course, we have the Facebook page. And then we're at our home at uh, starwarsreport.com. Uh, you can go ahead and just subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or we're actually on the um, it's the Star Wars app on the Google Play Store. And actually, Star Wars podcast app, right? Yes, and I also need to remember that to mention that um, we're actually also on JediNews.com. Uh, uh, Mark Newbold's been loading us up over there, and nice. uh, I, I I totally forgot that. And he's he's the nicest guy ever. That's we we got to hang out with them over at Disney, 
um, the, the next day. So uh, really good group of guys there. Uh, but yeah, besides that, um, if you could leave us a, a review, especially on iTunes, I know that they're a giant pain in the butt, but I mean, you know, when do we ever ask for anything? I mean, ever. Right? Every episode about reviews? Well, I just meant besides reviews. and or no, like, Oh, then yeah. never. Well, I, I did actually ask someone for a poster earlier. But besides that, you know. A, a, a written You're not review. making a good case here, boss. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I can, I can save this. I can save this. Um, but besides that, yeah. Uh, if you go ahead and, and write us a review, and of course, you know, preferably favorable and preferably five stars. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna twist your arm on it. Um, and I mean, Nate, you've got a, a whole bunch of places that you can be found. Yes, uh, the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash chronoradio, uh, C-H-R-O-N-O-R-A-D-I-O. Uh, did some vlogs recently about Celebration. Also uh, had a recent episode of my From the Star Wars home video library up there covering all the different variants of Rogue One on home video that you could get in the U.S. Uh, Going to have one going up sometime within the next week or so on all the different variants of Rogue One on home video you could get in the U.K., um, plus some more on the Japanese VHDs, uh, which are a, a type of movie format that we didn't even have in the United States that I finally was able to complete a trilogy set of. Uh, my Star Wars Timeline Gold is over at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash Timeline. Uh, Star Wars Beyond the Films, which I host with Mark Herleman, is also on StarWarsReport.com. And the proof copy is in the mail. So my book on Star Wars U.S. home video releases, my guidebook that covers the 41st years, you could say, um, of that from Super 8 film reels all the way up through Blu-ray 3D discs with uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One should be available sometime within the next couple of weeks. Hopefully by the next episode that we record, I can tell you all about it. Um, uh, it, it should be a matter of days now, thankfully. So uh, that is coming too, I'll... Give you guys the title and the website to go to for it and everything um, as soon as it is officially available. Awesome. So, as I said, that's uh, going to be it for this episode, and we will reconvene here in a, a couple of days, hopefully, as long as nothing happens, you know, as long as uh, Repop's not keeping us in line. But uh, until then, always remember... Let the Wookiee win. Especially if he's sneaking a gun into Celebration.
<laughs> wow, that got dark. That got dark. That guy, hey, hey, my in my vlog, I actually showed the pistol that my wife and I own just to say this could have fit under those books in my bag, just to make the point for for those who didn't quite get how <laughs> how the security went. Yeah. This party's over.